This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm Zach Blackerby. I'm actually recording this at home, so if it sounds a little wonky, I uh, I apologize. But yeah, I appreciate you guys tuning in today. Uh, just a little update here. Woke up not feeling too well, getting tested tomorrow. So today and tomorrow's show will be recorded from home. Uh, but wanted to keep giving you guys daily content because that's what we're about here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and I want to do my part here for Locked On Auburn. First, want to give some love to our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They have changed their promo code from Fetch Me 20 to your first delivery free. Now it is Zach 20. I promise I did not ask them to do that. Z-A-C-2-0, no H, no K, Z-A-C-20. Uh, and we... Uh, I, I'm honored. I'm honored that they do that. But yeah, so you can do that at fetchmedelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. Also, you can use promo code 10OFF10OFF for $10 off all orders above $30. And that is at uh, Sushi Bistro this week, as well as Full Moon Barbecue and Insomnia. I know I went to Insomnia all the time when I was in college. So Highly recommend that if uh, you have not tried that before. So fetchmedelivery.com, the free Fetch Me app. You can use promo code 10OFF for uh, $10 off any order above $30 for those three restaurants or Zach20 for your first delivery free. The thing I woke up to just kind of checking out uh, Twitter this morning was um, Alabama fans are mad. (laughs) They're still mad about the Iron Bowl. And... um, I think it's funny. I think it's absolutely funny. They're hanging on to some of the rule changes that happened the, in response to the 2019 Iron Bowl. It is, uh, it is very clear that that is the case. Roll, Bama Roll, the SB Nation blog for Alabama football. They, uh, they posted kind of just you know a, an article kind of recapping several different things happening throughout Alabama. But it's amazing to me. They are getting you know all these five-star recruits and they're still talking about rule changes and you know still talking about the 2019 Iron Bowl which of course Auburn won in Jordan Hare Stadium. So 247 reports um I'll, I'll just read this. Defenses will be allowed to have 12 or more men on the field to anticipate the offensive formation but must have 11 players on the field when the ball is snapped. The rule change is a direct result of a trick formation of the Alabama Auburn rivalry which Auburn lined up its quarterback at punter and its punter at receiver on fourth down late in a close game. Alabama kept 12 men on the field trying to substitute players before the snap and were charged with a foul resulting in a first down for Auburn, which was able to ice the game on the ensuing set of downs. And so uh, the Bama blog responds, 247 has recapped all the rule changes that the NCAA announced this offseason. And wouldn't you know it, not one, but both of the loopholes, I love this, Auburn accidentally exploited in the 2019 Iron Bowl fiasco to squeak out a win would now have been fixed accidentally. Yeah, they accidentally put their punter at receiver. How ridiculous is that? Are you kidding me? And, of course, the other rule change that they talk about, the end of the first half field goal was talked about quite a bit already, and the rule change made big news earlier this spring. But the NCAA also changed the rule about the 12 men on the field penalty to match the NFL style. Basically, you can have 12 men at any given time as long as there's 11 when the ball is snapped. So my response to that is, one, the, the accidentally thing is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. One, with, with you know time expiring in the first half, and it's like, okay, it's not like there was accidentally a second on the clock. Like, they were aware of it. And then two, 
And then two, uh, them accidentally lining up their punter receiver is ridiculous. I mean, it's clear that that was uh, by design and Saban got out coached. It absolutely got out coached. And I think that's really the bottom line there. And they're still upset about it. Like I said, they're having all kinds of success this offseason with recruiting. And let me tell you what, Auburn fans are living in the Bama fans' heads rent-free right now. And I just, I thought that was cool. I thought that was fascinating. And also, I mean, the the rule is still, like, as long as the ball is snapped, who is going to get off the field? They were good. Bo Nix could have just snapped the football. But instead, they did the pre-snap motion. It didn't matter. So I, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. So, um I think there's uh, there's a lot of upset Bama fans out there, and I just love that they have to go through that again. But also, just the uh, you know the the obvious like, hey, we are changing this because Alabama lost. You know, it happens time and time and time and time again. It seems like it happens every off season. Uh, they're proud of it. I would be a little embarrassed. I would be a little embarrassed. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we we lost, and they keep labeling Auburn as this inferior team, and it's like, well, Gus Malzahn's gone toe to toe with Saban, you know. Ever since he's gotten here, uh, even dating back to 2013. And I think they are losing their grips on this rivalry. They've lost grips on this rivalry since Pat Dye's been there. And I think it's upsetting them. And I don't think they know how to handle it any other way. So I would love to know y'all's thoughts on that. Um, and the the article, you can go to rollbamaroll.com and it's a jumbo package. NCAA fixes both loopholes that cause Alabama to lose 2019 Iron Bowl. So, um, yeah, I, I, those two pick sixes, I think, may have had something to do with it as well, don't you think? <laughs> I think so. I think so. Hey, one more bit of news I want to touch on, and then I'm going to uh, play uh, a conversation that Michael and I had with Sal Canella back in early May. Um, please hope you guys understand that. I, I'm just kind of limited with my uh, with w- what I have here at home instead of being at the studio. But Auburn sent out a release earlier today. Auburn Director of Athletics Alan Green has been named to the National Association of Collegiate Directors of Athletics, the NACDA Executive Committee for the 2021 through 20 or excuse me for the 2020 through 21 membership year. Uh, they announced that, uh, I guess yesterday, Auburn sent out the, uh, the, the presser today, I guess, cause they include, uh, the quote from Green. Green says, quote, I'm deeply honored and humbled to represent Auburn and the SEC on the NACDA executive committee. I look forward to collaborating with our esteemed industry peers as we seek to navigate unprecedented challenges facing our enterprise in this ever-changing landscape. It's imperative to enhance the development of athletics practitioners for the sole purpose of delivering life-changing opportunities for our student athletes. Of course, Green's in his third year at Auburn, one of the youngest ADs in the NCAA Power 5 ranks. Um, he's also engaged actively with uh, minority opportunities in athletics association and lead one. I love this because, I mean, he, Auburn got a lot of flack from Auburn people, and Auburn got a lot of flack from out throughout the SEC and throughout the NCAA when they hired Green. And I think now people are starting to realize how much of a home run hire this was. And you know, I, I've talked very highly about Alan Green. I think he's done an outstanding job as far as directing the ship. We haven't seen him hire a guy yet or a gal. Uh, I think that's going to be important, but he's got a minute until that needs to happen, and that's okay. That's okay. I think he inherited a pretty good situation, and I mean Auburn's big three look like they're going to be here for a long time, as well as some of their 
coaches that um that have built up some some non revenue generating programs, some sports that uh that I think fans are really happy with. Gymnastics is is kind of the key one there. Uh, equestrian, obviously, a key one. Um, I think the big thing is, you know, what happens next with women's basketball and softball. But we'll see. We will see what happens with that moving forward. So I wanted to give a nod to Alan Green. I think he continues to get recognition uh, from other places. And I just want to give him recognition here on Locked On Auburn. Met him a few times. Uh, outstanding dude. He's an outstanding gentleman. There's no question about it. So uh, coming up, a conversation with Sal Canella right here on Locked On Auburn. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're joined by former Auburn wide receiver Sal Canella. Sal, man, thank you so much. Uh, we, we've talked about you a good bit. You've been kind of a, a, mm-hmm. a, a fan favorite as far as our listeners. So uh, thank you so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm going to jump in here, Sal. I'm probably the uh, the head of your fan club. It's true. And, yeah. and the more research I did on you for this interview, the uh, the more – uh, I, I actually became a fan. Uh, I'd like to start with some football stuff. You have a very interesting story. Um, you you started out in a junior college, and you had to walk on to the junior college team, mm-hmm. and you end up being recruited as a tight end um, and enrolling in Auburn in January. So with all the stuff that's going on right now and Jan- and the uh, the spring football getting canceled, uh, I just want to know how much do you think that's going to affect whether it's the JUCO guys coming in or, or the true freshmen that are coming in and would have had spring but now don't? Um, yeah, it is going to affect them. I mean, if we're being honest, it will. Uh, just because, you know, that springtime is a big time to kind of, you know, just get adjusted how things really work, you know. It's kind of like uh, laying the foundation, uh, you might say. Um, I know it was really good for me to kind of, you know, get get you know a flow of things. You know, the, the pace of the game kind of changes. Uh, you know, just get adjusted to the speed of things and like the routine of practice and school and everything that goes with it. So I mean, yeah, it does affect them, but uh, I mean, I. I, I Talking to my teammates and stuff, I know they have all the meetings that you know that we had, and they still have school and stuff. It's just they're doing everything from their computers now, so I guess it's a little bit more lenient. But you know, I, I, if you're somebody that's kind of dedicated to it, and you know that you you know take it seriously, and you're still working out every day and stuff like that, uh, you should you still should be fine once once it comes down to fall camp. But kind of right. this kind this will kind of show who you know is taking advantage of having more time on their hands than they usually would. Sal, looking back at when you uh, you had signed with Auburn and, and fans were super eager, I mean, some some places had you listed as a tight end, some places had you listed as an athlete, but all these people saw this this tall, big-bodied guy that's super athletic coming, and 
you know, you came in the same time as as Auburn's quarterback at the time. So, I mean, there was all kinds of excitement happening uh, around your group coming in. And there was all this talk about, okay, so what's Sal Canella going to do in this offense? And, uh, I mean, there was kind of all these different things. Is is the role that unfolded uh, during your time at Auburn kind of what you expected when you came in? Because I know the first time the media got to saw you, you were lining up at, at H-back, I think. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we're being honest, no, that it, it didn't turn out at all how I expected. Um, I, I came in wanting to, wanting to play tight end. Uh, I mean, I was number one junior college tight end. Yeah. Uh, I played I played a little bit of receiver in high school, but I wanted to play tight end. And that was kind of like the reason I came there was we had a new OC come in. Um, he was, you know, he was a transfer from, it was Coach uh, Chip Lindsay. He was coming from ASU, and you know they kind of just sold me on them. You know, starting to use the tight end and stuff like that, and how they were going to incorporate me. But then uh, I don't know, just things changed a little bit. You know, after uh, you know after a certain amount of time, it kind of in their eyes they felt like they could use me more at receiver in our offense. And that's what it kind of comes down to is basically our offense. Does your offense use the tight end or does it not? You know, how do how does the playbook incorporate the tight end? And they felt that, you know, I could use they I could be used better, you know, as a receiver. And it worked out, I mean, to a degree. But at the same time, I would have liked to play tight end the whole time while I was there. So I, I thought we could have done some damage with some of the players that we had. And we know that in Gus Malzahn's offense, he puts a real emphasis on on wide receivers blocking uh, in the run game, especially down the field. How much do you think that playing tight end in junior college and learning the how to be a, a good blocker period really helped you um, earn playing time and get on the field? Oh, it was a major part. I mean, that was just it was the emphasis. I mean, if you're not blocking, you weren't going to play. Um, and at the same time, like like I said, I wanted to play tight end, but at receiver at our school, I mean at Auburn, you're blocking damn near just as much as a tight end, um, and you're asked to you're asked to make some major key blocks on like our jet sweeps and our reverses and stuff like that, as you guys seen. So, um, I mean, it, being a tight end and moving into that role, I mean, yeah, I mean physicality was always there for me. I, I never shied away from it. And I I did love it. Uh, it's a little, it's a little different going from kind of junior college uh, to a college level, and like I had to kind of switch up my technique, of, technique of things. In junior college, like I was standing there just trying to embarrass everybody, just kind of, you know, put you on the highlight <laughs> tape and stuff like that to get recruited. But once, once I got to Auburn, I mean, I still had some of that in me, but I kind of had to tone, tone it down, not in sense of the physicality, but kind of like just technique on things just so you don't, you don't get blown by and you know, screw your own dude. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, as far as what your role is, I mean, you can you, I mean, you did a good job holding that role down as that big body, you know, that big slot guy that, that, uh, that, that, uh, Stidham and, and the Knicks last year kind of relied on. There's this assumption that the guy that's going to do that next is, um, is Shedrick Shedrick Jackson? Is that kind of what you would uh, what you would assume moving forward, or you think somebody else could possibly step up and do that role? No, no, no. Shed has all the tools in the world to be that player, 
and he could do he could play outside. That's the thing. Um, I think one thing that gets very un uh, unappreciated, and that's just based on you know our guys do things you know very well. Our receivers do things very well. They do what we they get asked of very well. But I feel like you know they have you know the talent to do even more. And I think with this new OC coming in this year, uh, you know, just from what I heard, you know, they're going to have a little bit more leniency to, you know, really display their skill set. So, Shed being an example, he's a guy that, you know, he got moved to slot last year, right? But he has all the capabilities in the world to, you know, play in our system, was it the, the nine, you know? Like, he's an outside receiver, so he has the speed. He's probably one of the top second to third fastest in that room so I mean I feel fully you know confident in his ability you know seeing him at practice seeing the work he puts in I, I think he's gonna do just fine in your career you caught touchdowns from Jarrett Stidham Bo Nix and Ryan Davis who threw the best ball oh uh, damn come on <laughs> I'm gonna have a little. I'm gonna have a little. Uh, uh, little wide receiver love for my boy Ryan. Uh, that's my dog. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give it to him. I have to. Can't break that love, man. Good. Uh, we were hoping you. Yeah, that's say, what we Ryan. wanted you to yeah. say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of all those touchdowns that you had at Auburn, uh, I think I know the answer here. But is there one that stands out over the other ones? You know, it's it, it's 100. percent it's between the Washington and the Alabama ones, of course. But I don't know. I was crazy. I was thinking about this the other day, which one kind of was like crazier to me. I I personally think the Alabama one. I think the better touchdown. I, to me, the more impressive one is the Washington one. Really? But yeah, I I didn't think the the Alabama one was too like difficult in my eyes. I don't know if it might sound crazy to some people, but what? I was kind of just, it was pretty <laughs> average in my eyes. But okay. The, but the Alabama one, I would give it, I would choose just because, just how that whole year was playing out and kind of just, you know, really just waiting on like an opportunity the whole year and for it to happen in that game and to be that style of a touchdown, it was a great touchdown, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a lot of skill and concentration, but just for just how everything was playing out that year, for it to you know for it to end the year like that, uh, it was just pretty amazing in my eyes. So after a while, there became this uh, I don't know if narrative is the right word, but Auburn won every game that you caught a touchdown pass in uh, until the your final game as a student against Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Um, so whenever you would catch a touchdown, people get all excited. Auburn's going to win. Um, do you want to go ahead and take the credit for all of those wins? I'm giving you a chance definitely, here. Definitely not, but I will. I will take credit and you know helping the team win. I'll say that. But I wouldn't say I'm the reason we won, but you know, I mean, all those games where I did score. Uh, I mean, if you look back at it, uh, I won't say they were all pivotal touchdowns, but they definitely, you know, either kept us in the game 
or gave us momentum. Okay. I think okay. I think that's a great answer. Diplomatic. I think that sure. is fantastic. So Sal, what are you what are you up to these days, man? I, I you know just following you on Instagram and you know it kind of made this yeah. the circle around the Auburn media. It sounds like sounds like you've got a pretty big uh, undertaking that you're working on right now. Tell us about it. Yeah, no. So I'm I'm fully focused on football, man. Sure. When people, I I want to get I want to get it clear that I mean football football stuff isn't over at all. I mean, it kind I kind of get. I feel offended when people, uh, I don't know, I get a lot of messages, a lot of, like, not calls, but, you know, a lot. I hear a lot of people, like, kind of saying, like, don't give up on football, blah, 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 just because I didn't get signed right away. Sure. Uh, and it's like, I find it almost disrespectful because of everything I got, I've been through to get to this point, you know. If you know anything about me, you would know that this thing's far from over. Yeah. So I just want to say that, but at the same time, um, I'm fully focused on football, working on that. But at the same time, you know, I'm fully running this clothing line, kind of working on marketing ideas and stuff. I dropped that a few weeks ago. Um, I got a couple new pieces coming out for the summer. Uh, kind of, you know, the whole day really consists of, you know, training in the morning till the early afternoon. And then from there on, you know, I'm really just chilling, doing my recovery stuff and kind of just working on the computer, working on ideas and stuff like that. You know, going to a school like Auburn and kind of, you know, getting that degree there. And, you know, my my other, like, athletes, uh, anyone that goes to that school as an athlete kind of knows, you know, when you go to a big school like that and you got to, you know, balance school and football or school and whatever sport you're doing, you know, you get really good at, I wouldn't say multitasking, but be able to, you know, time management. So, you know, I felt very, I feel very comfortable being able to, you know, fully run this, uh, this fashion business at the same time while, uh, you know, fully focusing on football. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So what's the training look like right now? Are you out in, uh, are you out in Arizona right now? Yeah. So I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, things out here aren't as, you know, shut down as some other places. Okay. Um, so that's a, that's a plus, but you know, I'm getting a lot of, a lot of good field work in. I got, uh, a couple of wide receiver tight end trainers out here that I've been working with. Um, and then I was originally training at Exos. I don't know if you're familiar with the, the place. That's where I did my pre-draft training. Um, but I'm still getting my uh, workouts from them, from them, even though their gym is closed. But there's a private gym I've been able to go to kind of to get my lifts in and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, my training hasn't really toned down too much. Honestly, I might be doing more, but the one thing I am kind of missing out on is, you know, like all the recovery work I would usually be able to get at Exos like that. So. Sure, sure. Well, for folks listening, if they want to, if they want to support you, I mean, what what's the best way to check out um, some of the non-football stuff that you have going on? Yeah, yeah. So you can. Uh, so I do have a website that sells all my stuff, uh, NellaDesigns.com. That's uh, two N's N N E L L A Designs.com. Or, I mean, you could just follow me on Instagram. Everything kind of goes through there at Sal Nels. Uh, You know, the link is in my bio there. You know, I kind of post updates on everything going on there. I will start my own Instagram for um, my line or for my uh, company, but just now is not the time for that. So, uh, For people who don't know, you talked a little bit about your work ethic and um, about, you know, if people know your story. Uh, when you were in junior college, uh, you worked as a bouncer uh, yeah. at, at at a bar, 
Uh, I also mm-hmm. worked as a bouncer, and I know that uh, at at the bars here in downtown Auburn, you know, we have crazy stories uh, of right. things you kind of have to deal with as a bouncer. Do you have any story that really stands out from your time as a bouncer that is at least a little bit appropriate? Or not appropriate. It doesn't have to be appropriate. Okay. I mean, okay, so like, I mean, you got you got to you got to think about it. I'm like an 18-year-old kid like fresh out of high school, moving like across the country. You know, I'm trying to, I need to get a job. I started working at like Top Golf and then uh, worked there for like a few months and then I had to stop because the the schedules they had for me and football didn't add up. Then I did like a little internship at like a logistics company. Had no place being there. Like, was not qualified. <laughs> just pulled some strings, got the job. Uh, was there for a few months. And then uh, I ended up getting this uh, that gig at the nightclub because one of my uh, roommates, he worked at one. So, you know, I asked him to hook me up, and he did. Uh, I'm 18 years old. So I'm in there uh, with, like, grown men. It's not like a college thing in downtown Scottsdale. I mean, if you go down to Tempe, yeah, you're going to get the more college thing. But, like, there's a lot of, like, grown men, women, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was just a crazy experience. And I don't know any specific stories, but I just know, like, I remember, I mean, there's some cool stuff. I mean, I've seen a million of your favorite artists perform like every Friday they would come in. So I, that was always a plus, but the amount of fights I would have to break up and like, you just have to be on your toes at all times, 24 seven. There would be half the time. I remember, um, this one guy trying to, uh, so I worked like the back gate one night and this one guy, you know, I see him, I'm kind of eyeing him. It's, it's packed and there's like the lines that like, kind of down the street a little bit. I'm kind of, like, seeing this guy, like, being a little sketchy. So, you know, I'm just watching him. I turn my eye. And I see him, like, walk uh, from the side. Like, he's walking around to the back. And, like, where the back is, there's, like, there's no other cars around there. There's nothing. So I'm, like, kind of, like, keep my eye on him. I see him. And, like, 10 minutes later, I see the guy, like, inside. And I'm, like, there's no way he just walked in through the back. I'm, like, there's, got, there's someone standing in the back. So I go over there. There's no one standing back there. So I go up to the guy. I kind of confront him. And, like, knowing me, like, I don't know, kind of how the industry works out here. I got to hustle for your money at the same time for your side tips. So, you know, I had to, like, I went up to him, you know, kind of broke it down to him how I saw him go back there. I'm like, man, like, I'm going to have to unless, you know, you can, you can help me out, you know what I'm saying? And so, you know, he gave me a hefty little tip. And uh, kind of my little story. That happened on occasion a uh, number of times. Okay. You ever punch a guy? No, you're not really allowed to. Oh wow. Okay, I, so I yeah, worked. You're in... not really allowed to. I mean, you kind of just had to uh, calm the situation down and kind of kick everyone out. There's always officers that uh, gotcha. Uh, uh-huh. Like stayed right outside the bars. So okay. you kind of if there's a fight broke out, you kind of just get everyone outside. So I worked at a bar in downtown Auburn, and there were a couple guys that like. It, it the, basically the rule was like you couldn't throw the first punch, but like yeah, if someone yeah, bodies up to you, like you can punch them back. Oh, they they would. It was like, and everyone had each other's backs. So you get like bartenders jumping the bar to oh, like yeah. go I mean, and. Yeah, I, I've seen I've seen that not when I worked, but 
being out down here, yeah, I, oh my god, I've seen that a million times. Do you ever want somebody uh, to like come where, at you where, first? Like, where, yeah, where they disrespect one guy and he throws a punch and then just all jump in on him. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that all the time. I was never involved in anything like that. I mean, I'm I'm not a person that like looks for that or anything. I mean, mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to fight me, but um, it was, I see. I know I've seen some I've seen some brutal ones in the streets out here. It's, Kind of ruthless, but uh, luckily nothing happened with me. Okay, so really fast, I'm gonna tell my my favorite story from when I was working at a bar. When I was uh, working at the bar okay. down here, um, we moved one of the bathrooms. We we opened a new men's bathroom and turned the old men's bathroom into another women's bathroom. And so we used right. to have to like throw men out of the women's like drunk guys out of the women's bathroom all the time. Oh. And so one time it's like the wee hours of the morning and there's a really drunk guy who we are like yelling at, don't go into the women's bathroom. And and so he goes in anyway and he starts going to the bathroom and um, one of the other guys literally goes and grabs him by the shirt and drags him out and, and throws him out of the bar. And the guy does not stop going to the bathroom until he's all the way outside the bar. Jesus. And then my I don't know. I feel, I feel like I've seen some stuff like that. No, two times. Yeah, that that was the. I mean, I, I think some. I'm, I don't know. Auburn's been. Auburn has this crazy moments too. Don't, don't get twisted for a second. Okay, and then my last question about bouncing and, and fighting: um, Do you think <laughs> that you could beat <laughs> Kellen Mond in a fight, the quarterback for Texas A and M? Why? Why? Why is that a question? Uh, because one time it got posed on one of our shows. I don't remember why. Oh, yeah, we did do that. Yeah, and I had your back so hard that you would win this fight. And I- No, no, do not lie to him. You said Calamon would beat him. What? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I cannot even. Uh, A quarterback? Yeah, so actually, Sal, couldn't you defend yourself because uh, Michael uh, did I, not have your back that I, day? I don't remember it that way. I totally forgot all about that. That's hilarious. First of all, first of all, in your, what, what would even lean that decision towards him? That's my first question. Why would why would you even choose him? What 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 attributes does he have that would? Um, isn't he? Ooh, I think I thought he was taller than you are, but now that I am like thinking back on it, I, you're I, probably I, about the same size, right? I don't know. I feel like Sal's bigger than him. I'm def- I'm probably bigger. I don't, do you think you could take him? We're going to take that as a uh, yes. I don't know. It's, it's, you don't have to answer that. That's fine. <laughs> Follow-up question. Hey, all well, I know is I'm a black belt, and I'm, I take myself. No, oh, you're not. You're a black what? belt? Wait, lead with that, man. What do you mean? You're a, you guys know this. There's been articles about this. Okay, I had no uh, uh, idea nope, you were totally a black missed belt. this. Okay, totally missed That's this. That's on us. Speaking of articles, in December and January and whatever, when when you first were telling people about your new clothing line, uh, a bunch of people wrote articles with headlines like "the best dressed Auburn Tiger" and "the best dresser on the team." Uh, is that true? Are you the best dresser on the team, or were you? I guess. Yeah, it's not, yeah, yeah. Who's second best? If it had to be close, who, um, who's number two? Second best. Uh, I would actually probably, I've, I've said this before, I would give it to uh, uh, J.D. Javar. I get that. Who's the worst? Who's the slobbiest person the dressed-wise on the team? Yeah. 
some condom country boys that <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. Man. Is it Spencer and I? It's Spencer and I, isn't there's it? There's a group of them country boys down there that just couldn't put it together. It's Spencer but and I. This dude time, came out with a... They got their own little swag, though. Little country, little, you know, you know cowboy boots and, you know, the frat tees. You know, that's their own swag. So, I mean, they could have it. But well, I mean, Spencer came out play. to a press conference once and he wore pajama pants and, like, Crocs or something like yep. that. It's got to be. I saw him. that. That's, that's just Spencer being Spencer, honestly. I would even, <laughs> he probably wouldn't even, he probably didn't even think twice about that, if we're being honest. We call Spencer the Swiss Army Nye. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I agree. Sweet. I mean, Perfect. that boy's versatile, huh? Perfect. Do you have a nickname? Do I have a nickname? Yeah, or does like does everyone uh, on the team just call you Sal or Nella, or do they have, like... Because there are certain guys on the team that you hear players refer to, like Worm or Flash. Um, uh, KJ uh, Britt gets called yeah, Downhill. Lot, yeah, people... Hold on, let me think. Let me think for one second. Um... I, mean, I get big foul a lot. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, they'll call me like they'll, just any form of the word drip. They'd be calling me like big dripper, drippo, the drippiest. Uh, I love it. Stuff like that. Okay. I love that. Okay. I get that. The big time. drip. Joining us on today's big show. Drip. That's awesome. Big, big fan. Drip. Okay. Cool. Well, Sal, thank you so much, man. We kept you a little longer than we thought. Apologies on that. No, you but, uh, but, man, thank you so much for your time, man. Is, is there anything else uh, that, 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 would, um, that, that we want to promote or anything else you got going on that people, um, people should hear? No, I just want to – the one thing I will say is, you know, uh, it's only a matter of time before everyone kind of sees, you know, what I can fully bring to the table with football. Um, I, I promise I didn't. You saw maybe ten percent of really my skill set at Auburn. Um, you know, I did. I love my time at Auburn. Don't get me wrong; uh, it taught me a lot. It you know helped me out a lot. But I know when I get an opportunity at you know any team in the NFL that you know I'm gonna be around for a long time. So just stay tuned. I'm fired up. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for having. Me. Thanks, so. Sal. Good stuff from Sal Canella. Once again, guys, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in today. Apologize, kind of kind of playing hurt a little bit today, but we will get uh, get everything back on track. Hopefully later this week. Hopefully later this week, everything's back to normal. So fingers crossed. Would appreciate prayers, thoughts, and prayers if um if that is kind of what you do. So hey, thank you so much, guys. Please uh, check out the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. You can follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby and follow the show on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And we're on TikTok now for what that's worth at Z Blackerby. So we will chat with you tomorrow in some form or fashion right here on Locked on Auburn.